Welcome to the Advocate for Kids podcast. I'm your host, 4Kids President Kevin Enders. Join us on the journey to discover stronger advocacy through nonprofit best practices, life-changing stories, and business strategies that take our mission to the next level. We're here to advocate stronger than ever together. Well, welcome back, everybody, to the Advocate for Kids podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Enders. I'm the president and CEO of 4Kids in South Florida, and we're very excited that you decided to join us again. We hope you really enjoyed our intro session that we launched last month with our amazing director of marketing, Lauren Kostoff, and myself that talked about what we're looking to accomplish at the Advocate for Kids podcast. And just to refresh everyone's memory on those three key topics, we're going to be talking about three exciting areas that affect the work we do and the work in child welfare across our country. One is best practices with other amazing ministries and agencies that we work with. We're also going to be talking a little bit about leadership and business acumen and how that translates from the for-profit sector into the nonprofit sector. And we're also going to find some time to share some amazing God stories about the transformative work that we're seeing in our midst. We've been celebrating that for 25 years, and we look forward to the continuing stories that we'll be sharing with you all in the future. Today, I have a very special guest, and we're going to be talking about best practices, about ministry best practices. And my special guest um, is an amazing person that also, just like myself, made a transition from the business community into the nonprofit sector. And so uh, there's going to be a lot of good nuggets that we'll be able to share with you today. I'm sure that you'll find useful. And so without further ado, I'm going to welcome my special guest, Bob Bruder Matson. He's the CEO of FaithBridge Foster Care up in Atlanta, Georgia. And so welcome, Bob. We're so glad that you're here. Kevin, it's great to be with you. Thank you for inviting me to come on to your podcast. And I'm excited to talk with you and share with everybody the, the kind of work we've been doing and how God brought us together about three years ago. Yeah, well, that's great. And that's where I'd like to start, Bob. I'd like for you to share from your perspective just how we met. Um, again, this principle that'll come out in this is being in the right place at the right time and always being where the Lord wants you to be. So if you could talk a little bit about not only how we met, but even you leading up to that event, because um, you were contemplating whether you should attend, I remember, and uh, just how good our God is to have put us together in that room that day. Well, I was very busy at the time, and uh, someone had told me that I needed to go to the Christian Alliance for Orphans Summit. And I said to one of my team members, I don't really have time for this. And they're like, I really think you should go. And I'd never been. So there was a special session for um, CEOs and leaders and got into that room. And we heard a little bit about um, some vision. And there was an exercise where we we're supposed to break up into groups in the room. And it wasn't really organized. And we were supposed to talk about some issues. And I was in a group and I was listening and uh, I heard someone in another group speaking and everything they were saying uh, sounded like something I would say and it made so much sense and I was just like I have to know who that person is and I turned around and and at the time I didn't know that uh, Kevin but we got connected and um, gosh the minute I started speaking with him I felt like it was a kindred spirit. So Kevin, I, I know that after that, we got our teams together in a hallway 
um, in that church and we talked and I just felt so much um, connection to you. And not that I wasn't connected to other people, but I, I was looking for somebody that uh, had come in to this ministry from a business world that could at least speak my language and would understand some of the things that I was thinking about and how we could transform this industry. And it was God just brought us together. So, so awesome. Yeah, I remember. I don't think I'll ever forget that day because exactly what you just described is exactly what I felt. Here I am, 30 years in business in the technology world, in entrepreneurship, running my own business in retail and hospitality. And, you know, coming into foster care and in child welfare, um, people always ask me, how did you make that transition? Well, that day for me was the same. I'm standing in this room, we're doing whiteboarding exercises, and I hear you speak. And I'm like, I have to know who he is. We're going to get into a little bit more later in the conversation about how we're continuing to unpack those amazing uh, synergistic points um, and what God is really up to. Because I think we can all um, advocate that God is up to something even bigger than sometimes we even recognize. And I think that day was just a, a starting point. You know, people talk about the tip of the spear of something that God is doing but being aware that God is doing something. And I really appreciate and I'm thankful that, that your spirit said, I need to go, right? And, and this is a great principle. We could probably take the whole half an hour and talk about this idea of I'm too busy, right? Um, I have too much on my to-do list, especially for us that are leading ministries. We have to make time for God to show us what he's up to. And I am just so grateful because I can't imagine not knowing you. I can't imagine um, us not collaborating as ministries. I, I can't even imagine that, that that could have been a possibility. And I really should just give thanks to God that he, somebody moved in, in your life to say you need to be there. Um, and I know you were relatively new at the time, right, in, in FaithBridge, and we had never really worked together as ministries. I think we knew of each other. Um, but God had brought you there, and I'm uh, I'm seeing the fruits of why He did for us and for you, and that's again what we're going to talk about today. So, yeah, that was a, a great a great time, and uh, we continue to meet and collaborate. Again, we'll get into a little bit more of those details. But before we go there, I thought maybe if you could just take a moment to talk about FaithBridge. Again, um, we already kind of introduced four kids and our mission and vision in our opening of the podcast last session. And so we'd love to hear from you about FaithBridge. What's the mission? What's the vision? How many years have you been there? You know, a little bit about what you're seeing God do in your ministry. And then we can talk about some of the ways that he's brought us together for his divine purposes. That sounds great. FaithBridge is, uh, I've been here for six years and we're about a 14-year-old organization and our vision is for all foster children to experience the hope, healing, and the unconditional love of Jesus Christ. Our mission is to mobilize, organize, and equip local churches to care for foster children and their families in those communities. And uh, so we're a we're a Georgia-based organization, a licensed child placing agency. We uh, recruit and train foster families. We uh, have been working in adoption for the last six months. So we are uh, preparing kids in the state of Georgia for adoption. And then we just, um, after praying about it for three years, 
just received the um, ability to help adopt children from foster care um, directly. Um, and we do have kids that get adopted, of course, that come into our foster homes, but now we can actually uh, have and go directly to waiting kids that, that are uh, ready to be adopted in Georgia. We got that contract that's starting right now. And then we work with older youth and support them. And then over the last year, we've been doing something. And this is one of the things that we collaborate on with you is Faith Bridge University. And it's a way to train and equip foster families and churches. And then we partner with churches and help them build community of cares around or support groups, small groups, however you want to think about it, around those families so they foster um, better and longer. And we are... Um, just to give you an idea of our size, we work in the kind of the greater Atlanta area, about 17 counties. We we license uh, or um, prepare about one tenth of all the foster families in the state of Georgia every month, and we partner with about 50 to 60 churches at any given time, and um, and we're uh, we're in an in a in a space and in a market where um, we're growing. Our, our influence, uh, you know, every year God is blessing us with something new. And uh, this year it is uh, seemingly going to be more in the area of youth. So we, we've got some really exciting legislation going on in Georgia that we believe that God is opening the door for. And that'll that'll prepare us for something in 2023. So it's been a, an exciting time um, and being able to partner with four kids and um be able to share ideas, to be able to talk about um, what God's doing there. Um, it's funny because you guys uh, were doing things that we've that we've been um, talking about doing, even with your program for older youth. And so we we have an opportunity to learn there. But you've just been able to really bless us on a lot of other levels in terms of how you bring the gospel into the work that you do with your mm -hmm. families every day. And I and that's been a, a a strong push um, for us in terms of of what we're doing with Faithbridge University and how we want to not just bring good training but Christ-centered training. So lots of synergies happening all the time. It feels like since we've met. Yeah, Faithbridge has certainly been leading in Georgia in the space of Christian foster care for, like Bob said, 14 years now. Right? Um, tell us a little bit about you know I don't know how many families you guys have licensed, how many maybe adoptions you have had. How many children just in the last year, as your ministry has grown, are being impacted by what you're doing? Yep. So we, uh, we've we had about 300 of the children that we've cared for, children and youth, be adopted by our families. And we have had, we've served um, about 1,800 unique foster children since our inception. We've licensed uh, probably over uh, 2,000 foster families. And uh, just, in, uh, just to give you an idea of what we're doing around adoption, um, adoption support, uh, we'll help in the next year uh, equip about six um, or the 700 kids be prepared for adoption out of foster care. So, and then we, about uh, over a thousand uh, individuals get introduced to foster care on an annual basis through our church partnerships. Uh, through a program we call Encounter. And then we'll train probably 200 or more individuals to become uh, foster or respite parents 
um, this coming year. So right now, we're caring for uh, about 220 kids in, in uh, Christian homes. And one of the numbers that I really love, and um, just I think it really reflects what we're doing and what you're doing, is we're putting kids in homes where the, the families love Christ. So we, we have a metric that we track, and, and uh, um, I'm very numbers-oriented. So we're gonna, I, I've held back for a pretty long time in this conversation about numbers. But uh, we've had children in uh, Christian homes over 600,000 nights since our inception. So we love, that's a, I love to watch that number get bigger, and I like to think about what is God doing in those 600,000 nights. Wow. And what will he do not only for those kids, but what will he do uh, with their biological families and all the people that they come in contact with? Yeah. Wow. That is special. 600,000 nights. And just what a side, just feel like giving God some praise for everything you just shared, the great rich history. Again, amazing team as I've gotten to not only know Bob, but his leadership team and many on his team, just this kindred spirit that he talked about, about really making a difference in the communities that we serve. And um, wow, praise God for what he's doing in and through you. Uh, just, just phenomenal work being done in Georgia and uh, great, grateful again that God brought us together. Um, we're going to get into a section now. We're going to talk about some of those connection points. But before we do, I almost feel compelled of asking you to share a little bit about your business background, because I think that that's one of the reasons I think that we connect so well. So could you just share just briefly before we get into a conversation about some of the projects and um, things that God has really opened our ministries up to share together? Love to. And yeah, and God is uh, God has been so good and you can see his hand in everything. Um, so I, I have uh, when the Lord called me into this work, I was running a consulting firm that was uh, technology driven, data driven. Uh, before that, I was uh, so that I, had, I ran that business for about eight years. And uh, before that, I was the um, a chief information officer. Uh, in, a, in another organization, I've been a national vice president. Um, I've started three other companies, uh, you know, and when the Lord called me into this work about um, 10 years ago, it, it was it was quite the quite the transition. But I, I kept thinking, why am I being called into this work? Because I don't do foster care. I'm not a social worker. And God made it really clear to me and that the gifts that he and the experiences that he'd given me, he was going to use. And um, so one of the things that we do a lot of and is we do a lot with data. We do a lot with technology. And we're that's one of the things that the Lord just put on my heart is that everything we do, we need to do it with an open, that we create, that he gives us. We want to have an open hand. Uh, we want to share. We want to help. I mean, and I keep, and I've said this to you before, is like, um, there's no reason for Faithbridge to be down in Florida when Four Kids is down there. Our job is to help you be successful and to help you bring the kingdom down there. And um, so I think that's the spirit in which that, like all these things that we're trying to do, that's what the Lord laid on my heart. And I, and I know the Lord's laid similar on yours and he's just blessed us because we're just sharing. Right. And I could, I know we're going to get into this, but like you guys have blessed us so much and helped us in so many ways as well. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, it, I think it's great for our listeners to understand again, your background, your scope. Um, I shared prior in, in the previous podcast as well. Mine, uh, right before I came to four kids being in the world of technology, uh, really global scope. Um, you learn so much about what's possible, right? About what's possible. And, um, again, God doesn't waste a thing at, at all in your past or my past in preparing us for what that, uh, good, pleasing and perfect will is that calling that he's put on our lives. And I just hope he's pleased as he sees us as brothers in Christ working together to try to make a bigger impact. And, and that's really what's happening for our listeners to understand. I mean, when Bob and I stood at that first Christian Alliance for Orphans um, event, it was about the 20 year mark of this great movement across our country of faith-based organizations being formed and making huge impact in their towns, in their states, in their regions. Um, but most of them are confined, uh, most of them, not all of them, but, but most of them are confined to certain states like Florida, Georgia, Alabama, Texas, and getting those leaders together in a room that have a background that's broader than that, that's national in scope, that's international in scope, man, it's just the passion comes right out of us. Of like, how do we connect? How do we collaborate? What are those things that God did in my life? What are those things that he did in your life to prepare us for this perfect time? Uh, one of our guiding verses this year is Psalm 133, which it says, how good and pleasing it is when God's people dwell in kind of complete or perfect unity. And, and just thinking about how in business we used to talk about synergies, right? Synergy points. And I think that perfect unity is us unpacking what are some of those really awesome things that we could do collaboratively. So I wanted you to start off, Bob, by sharing, you know, when we met, some of the things that you shared with us. So so as we met, we got our teams together. You know, there were some things that immediately came to the surface that FaithBridge was doing. And for the guests, again, Bob's being super humble. He He's a guy that runs in circles and everybody he gets, everyone that gets around him wants to learn from what FaithBridge is doing. And this particular project, um, a lot of people were interested in hearing about because, again, with his background in data and different um, analytics really helped FaithBridge propel some recruitment of foster families. So, Bob, why don't you share a little bit about some of those first things that FaithBridge was um, offering to share with four kids? Well, we... Uh... When I first got here, and this would not be unlike probably any other organization like this, um, we had information, but it wasn't, we had data, but it wasn't information. It wasn't very useful. So we're like, how can we have greater kingdom impact? So we created a data warehouse and we created ways to take all of our information and slice it and dice it in a way that we could turn it into something that we could action against. And so one of the things we're saying, like, how can we find more of the great foster families that we already have? And how can we get more of the churches today that were, you know, driving uh, such great impact in their ministries? How can we find more of those? So one of the things we did is we um, used our our business um, experience, because some of the other people that, that I brought FaithBridge came with lots of other business experience as well. We figured out a way to um, look at all the churches in the U.S. and uh, go through all those Christian churches and find those that would be most likely to be um, foster-friendly, foster-supportive. And we're able to, in Georgia, for example, there's over 7,000 churches, and we were able to use that and narrow that down 
And in a period of about two years, um, quadrupled the number of church partners we had. So we had this methodology in place that was working. Uh, we started to use that same technology and that same methodology to find foster families. And so that was one of the things that I started talking to you about is like, hey, how, you know, we're being really successful at finding churches. We're being successful at finding families that want to serve. Uh, we, we know um, what they look like from a psychodemographic profile. Uh, we don't know what the Holy Spirit's doing in their life, but we know what they kind of look like. And, um, and so could we be more successful at finding more of those? Could we help other people find more of those? And so I showed, we showed you that you came, you guys came up here. We showed you what we're doing in our, um, how we were using data, going through all this data, kind of trying to find the needle in the proverbial haystack, if you will. And, um, and we talked about, hey, you know, if, if it works in Georgia, it can probably work in Florida. And that was, that was kind of the start of that conversation, I, I think. And then we talked about the, you know, we, we, we did something crazy. We had like a coffee book size um, brochure that we gave to our churches uh, that talked about our ministry so that, so that it wouldn't be easily thrown away, but that it would be passed around. And we made it beautiful, but we made it compelling. And so we just took some of these principles that people are using outside of, you know, Christian community, I think a lot. And we said, Hey, let's use all those, those things that the God has given us that we use in our other lives here and let's leverage it for kingdom impact. So that's, that's, that's what I feel like we've been talking about for since the inception. Yeah. That was really um, not only again, something that was amazing as we looked on, but I know that I think you did a breakout or, we're talking to other leaders across the country at the Christian Alliance for Orphans a summit and summits in the future about about this initiative that you are undertaking. And I don't know, I just as I'm hearing you talk, I'm wondering how many of our listeners ever hear a CEO of a nonprofit talk about data warehousing. You know, I don't know that there's probably many out there that are hearing uh, somebody, you know, use those kind of words and that kind of approach. And and I'm just so thankful again that God has called you out of your professional career into a ministry um, with those skill sets and with those experiences, because it's, it's not only making impact in Georgia. I know it's making impact here as we collaborated and kind of talked about what does that look like for us? Again, we're 10 years older than faith bridge. I think roughly we're celebrating our 25th year. We've licensed thousands of families and again, learning more from that information about who are they, what are their demographics, you know, how can we apply that, you know, is really, uh, I heard somebody refer to it as like four kids 2.0, because in the past we would get pulpit time from pastors at churches and we'd talk about God's heart for the orphan and the widow, which is undeniably clear from the Old Testament through the New Testament. And we all have those foundational verses that we talk about. And that's how my wife and I got called to become foster parents in 2006 is, Man, just being receptive to God's spirit and, and hearing him move. So I, I appreciate you throwing that in there, that the Holy Spirit is still guiding us in our processes, in our discussions, in our collaboration. And ultimately, um, you know, we plant another waters, another one brings the increase, right? So, but you can use that and why not, right? There's some great uh, talks out there about why we shouldn't be treating nonprofits unlike how people are working in the for-profit sector. Uh, arguably, we're doing the more important work. <laughs> in the nonprofit sector because we're saving lives, we're saving families, 
We're building generation generational impact. We're bringing hope. Again, that's one of our core um, missions and visions, just like you mentioned, hope and healing to to brokenness. And that's um, it's a great place to be. So yeah, that was a really great uh, initial start of the conversation of how could we do that? But then there was a lot of us at four kids were like, listen, we, we don't live by this principle of being takers. Like we, we want to be givers, right? We, we want to be a ministry that also shares open-handedly what the Lord has done here and in our rich history. And even since I've been on board, which is now five years, there's been a lot of new things that have happened uh, in how we approach what we do when we try to bring hope, homes, and healing to kids and families in crisis. So I wanted to ask you, we can kind of talk about some of the things then after you guys shared all this great research and intel and and strategy and approach with four kids. What were some of the things that you saw happening at four kids that you were like, I got to get a piece of that. I need, you guys need to help me out over here on this. And I remember a a conversation. I'm curious if you're going to bring up the same thing, but there were things that you noticed that intrigued you that you were asking our help with. So could you share a little bit about that? Well, you know, you are, um, if I, if, if I didn't know better, I'd say that you were the kind of person that could sell ice to an Eskimo. And, I, you know, because when you get excited about something, you make everybody else excited. And I love that about you. And 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 so I think that, you know, one of the things that I noticed is that, like, you just were building more and more um, connections to people in Florida, people that were wanting to be involved in this ministry. So I was, as I listened to you tell me about how God was just moving in people's hearts and how God was, you know, blessing you guys. I was like, we need to learn how to tell our story like that. We need to learn how to bring more people into the organization. And so you told you, you shared with me some events you'd done. um, And we had never done an event. Um, believe it or not. And we had a, a, an annual campaign, but it really wasn't um, any kind of ongoing cultivation for people that wanted to get involved with FaithBridge. So I asked you, you know, hey, will you help us? Will you help me kind of, you know, build out an, an build out an event of some kind, but then help me figure out how to cultivate people, bring people along in the process. And, and that was really you know, the point where we were feeling like that we needed to go out, right? Not because God wasn't going to provide for us, but because we needed more people to know about the work we're doing to bring more people in. And you guys were really good at bringing people into your ministry and and telling the story of what God's doing in the lives of those children, those families. So you guys helped us do that. And, you know, it's, it's amazing because I, I knew some of those things and my team knew some of those things, but watching the way you did it, you handed us materials, you allowed us to kind of to follow your lead. And and then you one of the things that you did, you have a, you had a matching gift at the end of the year and you had this just outrageous dollar amount that you had. And I and I was thinking, like, I don't know how they're going to get that much money. But you challenged me and you said, hey, you know, because you said, how much money are you guys going to have? And we had a very small amount. And, you're, and you told me, hey, you need to get double that number. So we did the first year and God blessed it. Then we did it the next year, which was uh, 2021. And we listening to you guys and the Holy Spirit is prompting us. We doubled the number of our match again. And this year, I mean, it's just incredible what God 
did. We we went up in our donated income from 20 to 21, 47%. Wow. And God is so good. And you guys played a really important role in that and helping us and, and just watching the way that you cultivate donors and the way you bring people into the story. It's been such a huge blessing. Wow. That's great to hear. And I, I feel like we almost need a discloser that, um, you know, everything you shared with us uh, was open-handed. Everything we shared with you is open-handed. I, it, I don't know that anything brings joy to a leader's heart much more than to hear you share that knowing that behind me, I have a director of marketing and communications and a director of partner engagement that lead teams and and their spirit was like, let's do this. Let's let's share. Let's help. There was this amazing outpouring of this willingness. And most people, you don't really get that in nonprofit work because most people are underpaid and overworked. But I really appreciate um, members on our team here that were like, yes, let's do that because they're thinking more of kingdom impact and not, uh, you know, geographical limitations and things of that nature. So um, there was something really unique about our storytelling that you. I remember one call we had, you held up one of our, one of our um, letters that we send out that really intrigued you. Can you talk about that a little bit about what was it that you loved so much about our storytelling? Well, you know, I think we were trying to tell the finished story and, and your team members uh, basically said, Hey, you've got to be able to tell the unfinished story. And, and, and we were talking one time and, and I just remember Lauren talking about this. And, and my team was listening and just something just clicked everybody. And, and I, I knew it in my gut, but I couldn't verbalize it, what she had said. And when it, when, and I thought about it after that, and I'm like, yeah, th that's it. We need to tell the unfinished story. We need to, we need to allow room for those donors and God to show up to, to finish the story for God's glory. And so that was, that was kind of like the, 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 the point that everything started to shift for us to tell that unfinished story. And, and we've been doing it ever since. And it's been so exciting because we see people, you know, engaging in those stories in, in new and deeper ways. And, and we have a lot of unfinished stories, right? Like, here's a great story. We took six kids into care on Friday night, right? Right. And we and we didn't have one home that could take all six of those kids, but we had three homes and they and they got split up and they all happened to be connected to each other. And so God is, you know, constantly coming forward with opportunities for us to serve and people are stepping into that in different ways. And, you know, and we had two of those kids that were teens. And so one of the things that we've been working on is how do we get more families that will take teens? And so we've been mm -hmm. praying about that. And that's been part of what we've been communicating to our donors. And, and so it's so cool that we had a family that could take those teens, right? Yeah. And, and that we could, we could serve those six kids and that family that came in. Mm, that's good. I, when you talk about talk that, about it makes me think about this great verse in Philippians um, chapter three, where it talks about us as being, you know, unfinished. We haven't yet attained, but we press on, right? And it's, so we're all unfinished stories until right? we we continue to press on to that upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And I, I just I knew that that was really special to you about that part of our storytelling. And Lauren and her team just yeah, they've done a fantastic job at that. Could you talk a little bit? Um, about our Epic Therapeutic Services. I was really encouraged. I think about a week or two ago, I got an email from Bob um, where he had pulled all this content in from four kids and put it up on his 
learning management system for his foster and I think adopted families. And you were so hap- happy and excited in that email. So talk a little yeah, bit, a little about, bit that. about that. Yeah. So we've got this, this platform, this learning platform that right now is just for our families, but we want to share it with other families. And so one of the things that I asked, you know, could, could we have um, your Epic content? And you guys have put together that. And so Faithbridge U is this on-demand, we have live webinars, but we have this on-demand content and we're looking for, we're looking for high quality content. So we've got all of the Epic content now loaded in Faithbridge U that our families can take on their iPhones, on their, on their Galaxy pads, on their desktops, you know, they can stop and start and, and, you know, all families need all these hours, right? So to have this really, you know, powerful clinical content, but also content that's grounded and rooted in Christ is exactly what our families need. It's, it's what we think all families need. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're, I'm excited that you made that available to us. I'm hoping that you guys are going to get your families on our Faithbridge University, and we're building a mechanism this year so that we can bring in outside families because um, right now it's a closed system, but that's where we're going. And we, you know, I think we want to share your epic content with everybody. Um, we've got our own content, but it's cool because that content is different than the content we had. God put that on your heart. God put other content on our heart. We think that we can have a whole um, you know, several categories of, of content that'll be useful no matter what a family is going through adoption or in fostering. Um, and so that's been a huge blessing to us. And, and you guys continue to, you know, do and more things. We're going to want to have more content coming our way. So we're, you know, it's an open invitation, you know, um, and I hope that someday you'll get to your, your families will get to use our content that we put on there. Yeah, no, again, it's such a huge opportunity in front of us to collaborate. And just for those listeners, maybe that are tuning in for the first time, Epic is our trauma informed care area of what we do. When we talk about hope homes and healing, um, you know, we have this amazing team of therapists and clinicians that, um, work with our children and families. And through COVID, they built just tons of content digitally from blogs to videos to tips that are three to five minute, really practical things that parents, whether you're foster parent, adoptive parent, or really just a parent, um, because who hasn't had some level of trauma in their lives while we've navigated the last two years? Um, it's really content that we just want to share with the world. To Bob's point, we we're just, and we're finding really practical ways to step through that and not, again, hold it for ourselves, but really open it up not only to our community here in South Florida, to people across the state of Florida and to other ministries or organizations that are across our great country that want to do that. And kind of leads me to the next question. I was just curious if you could talk, because I'm sure some people are listening and they're thinking like, oh, it's great. You guys get along. You have similar backgrounds. And there was almost like an ease that um, is to our relationship. But what are some of the things that we had to commit to almost or practically do for us to get from where we were in that room to today? Um, You know, because, again, some of those practical steps or pieces of advice could be really beneficial to people that are anywhere in the country that are running into other ministry leaders 
and, and feeling almost a prompting of the Holy Spirit to say, you need to talk to that person. What are some, could you talk about maybe some practical things that you might advise somebody on to say, do this, listen, and, and, you know, take these action steps. Well, I, I think it was helpful because we are so similar, but, you know, one of the things that we did and I, and it had nothing to do with our, um, ability to really to work together, but it was good for the ministries. We created a non-disclosure agreement, right? So we put a we put that NDA in place so that that we could both feel like we were protecting our organizations, but at the same time we could share. And I think that, you know, to me that wasn't necessary, but I think it's actually smart, right? Because, you know, you and I have this understanding, um, but there are other people that will that God will bring behind us at some point in time, and it's nice that we have that. We have that in place. We also, though, just got to know each other and we talked about what our what our common objectives were. Right. We we got aligned on on expectations and we started small. Right. So we started sharing and we started, you know, discussing um, common things. And so we weren't working on projects where there was there was any lack of interest on either party's part, right? We, we both had needs and we both worked towards something that would be beneficial. So I think it can be really practical. And I think that you've got to get to know people, right? So my team members got to know your team members, right? And you guys came up here and made a trip. We've done Zoom calls. We want to come down and, and visit you. Um, I need to figure out how to do that in January, though, not, not when it's too hot. Um, but, you know, I think part of this is just, you know, building up understanding, building up trust and and really looking for ways to um, to learn. Because I, I think we came into this. I feel like I came into this like really wanting to learn and not feeling like I couldn't learn, you know, from you or from your team. And I, and I think that 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 spirit is really what allows this collaboration to work so well is that we're both here um, with under the same objective to glorify God, to have greater kingdom impact, and that we're both willing to learn and open to new things. And I think that that's set the tone for what I think will be a long, long collaboration. Yeah, no, it's good. It's um, it does take commitment though. Right. So when we went to subsequent, uh, CAFO events, we said, Hey, let's, let's carve out some time. Let's take our teams to dinner. It wasn't just Bob and I meeting for dinner and, you know, creating just that synergy at the top. It was, let's get our directors together. Let's get our vice presidents together. Let's, let's get into relationship because from that relationship and that trust, um, so much can happen. Right. And I was going to ask you like, what do you, what do you think it will take for other people in the nonprofit sector to really start leaning into that collaborative possibility and, and looking for ways uh, that God might work in much bigger ways than what they're experiencing today. Cause again, we're, we're all coming out of two years of COVID. A lot of people that I talk to are tired. <laughs> they're, they're depleted themselves. Um, but yeah, we have this conversation and there's ways that we connect through that all and keep going to see what are those great, um, synergistic opportunities for our ministries to collaborate and have much greater impact than we can have on our own. Um, any, any thoughts that you want to share about that? I'll just say that, you know, you and I have made a commitment to connect on a regular basis and 
personally, that's really helpful for me. And and as as a friend, um, you've blessed me in so many ways. But as a leader, uh, you are a catalyst for me. And so you'll come up with a new idea or you'll tell me about something and, and it's really an iron sharpening iron. So mm. I, I think if you're tired, um, I will admit to being tired, um, you know, and I can tell you that, you know, things have not been as easy in the last two years as they have been in the two years before that. But something about when you and I connect and when you tell me about what God's doing and when you uh, introduce something that I haven't thought about or you give me a different way to think about it, it energizes me. And so I, I think you I think people have to realize like there there will be a if you're committed to learning and committed to sharing, you're going to get a there's a multiplying effect here. It's not one plus one equaling equaling two here. It's it's much greater than that. And, and that's where I think the Holy Spirit gets in and and does things that only the Holy Spirit can do. Um, and, and I've said this, you know, I've said this before to people, like when I'm building a plan or we're, we're working towards something and having, again, multiple years, you know, decades in business, I could pretty much understand what was going to happen. Somehow in this world, God always does better uh, than, than plan. And I think that happens because of the people that he puts in our path, the way he blesses us. He, he does things when we're open. So I think, you know, you gotta, we gotta remain open and committed to following where the Holy Spirit's leading. So if you get a prompting that you need to connect with somebody, do it, right? Just like you and I did, right? Uh, and I think that's really what it was. The Holy Spirit was prompting us and we were obedient. Um, and I, and I got prompted. Maybe I got a little bit of a two by four to the head to go to the CAFO summit. But but either way, I listened and I and I was obedient and God, you know, continued to prompt till we got connected. And I, you know, that, that's waiting for somebody else that's listening to this. There's somebody out there that, mm. that the Lord wants to connect you with that you can bless and they can bless you. And together you can glorify God. Yeah. yeah. Wow. wow. What a good way to wrap it up. That's uh, just just a really special nugget you just shared. Um and I'll just say this, when Bob and I have these scheduled calls, I mean, typically, you know, we all have things that we're working on or things we're following up to on our last call, but every once in a while, um, like our last call, leave room for, again, room for God and, and be flexible to what the spirit is telling you in South Florida. We always say, blessed are the flexible because down here, the wind blows pretty hard. We need to be more like palm trees and not like oak trees and, and be able to just be sensitive to that. And I know that that's been a blessing for me and a blessing for my friend in our conversations as well. So Bob, wow, what a great time. So enjoyed talking to you today about ways that God has put us together to collaborate. I think his heart around unity and collaboration um, in our ministry space, specifically, obviously for us, it's within foster care, but now prevention and healing and trauma-informed care. So there's a lot that's happening in our space. Um, but again, so thankful that you carved out time to be with us. And I I know this podcast will be a huge blessing to anyone who tunes in. So thank you so much, Bob. Kevin, thanks for the invite. It's um, been a blessing to be able to chat with you about all this and just share what we've learned and how God is working. And uh, I just look forward to what God's going to do um, as we continue uh, our organizations and you and I continue to collaborate. And I'm, I'm excited to hear 
what comes out of this uh, from your listeners. And maybe somebody someday will come on and they'll talk about what God's done and um, through their collaboration. Yeah, we look forward to that day. And I just want to thank everyone that decided to tune in today. We pray that you are blessed, again, inspired by something that we were able to share today. Regardless of the size of your organization, if you're a smaller startup nonprofit or a large organization, we, we think that there's some practical things that you can apply to your, again, your ministries, your businesses that can help um, make a bigger impact for the kingdom of God uh, in the work that you do. So tune in next time and uh, hear some more great God stories or some ways that businesses are collaborating with four kids. And again, uh, we look forward to seeing you on another Advocate for Kids podcast in the future. Have a blessed day.